I woke up because somebody was gluing hair to my nipples. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bad Times Good Stories Podcast, the show where each week I talk with a guest about an awkward, embarrassing, or downright shitty time from their life that they're able to laugh about and hopefully have learned something from. My name's Joe Flanders, and this week I'm really excited to talk with Irina Voronina, and we talk about the crazy life she's led from born, being born and raised in uh, the USSR Russia to modeling all over Europe in her early 20s um, to appearing in multiple issues of Playboy and uh, appearing in films like Reno 911 and doing stand-up like she is now. Uh, she's led a pretty fascinating life and we talk about it. We talk about the uh, less than glamorous behind the scenes world of uh, modeling, um, from moving to the US and driving a car without a license to uh, appearing in Play Playboy in the early 2000s, not knowing that uh, those photos she took are going to end up on the internet. So it's, uh, it's a pretty fascinating episode. I really enjoy talking to Irina, and I think you'll enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, please give us that five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really means a lot. There's a lot of podcasts out there, so one way to sort of differentiate uh, and stand out among the rest is to have reviews from you fine folks. Speaking of that, I wanted to give a special shout-out and thank you to Nabity Name Name, a wonderful screen name, who left a, a glowing review, and to Billionaire B who also left a, a great review, and um, I'm not going to read them to you. I don't need to read nice things said about myself, but it really means a lot to me that people enjoy the show enough to leave a review and that they like what I'm doing. Um, and also, like I said, it just it, it helps legitimize what is already a very legitimate show. So if you enjoyed the episode, please do that. You can also email me at badtimesgoodstoriespod.com cast at gmail.com and visit badtimesgoodstoriespod.com for past episodes, merch, and a link to the Patreon page. That's all I've got for now. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Irina Voronina. Yeah, you must just look for natural lighting all the time. Like, are you just thinking like, oh, I wonder how the lighting is like all the time? You know, I used to carry um, a ring light with me Re oh, to yeah. most of the podcasts and like even shoot sometimes because you just don't know. People right. put you in the darkest corner in the room and they're like, oh, you look so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then all the trolls, they'll be like... You're not looking so good today. Ugh. You've got like bags under your eyes and your tits are different sizes. And I'm like, it's just bad lighting. Okay. So are you, are you able, do you get sucked into reading all the troll comments and stuff? Yeah. It must, it's, it's so, it's like tempting, but like nothing good's going to come from it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just going like, to block a bunch of people. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Right. It's just like you're having a nice day and then some moron on a couch somewhere. It's just like ugly. And then it's just like, God, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you people know what? comment. I, I'm not like that jaded about my beauty. I, I really don't give a shit. Mm. To me, the biggest sadness comes from when somebody says you're not funny. Right. And when it's yeah. like a comedy video comment and it's like, women are not funny. Show us your tits. Go Ugh. back to the kitchen. You know, so that's when it kind of like really hurts sure. and you start second guessing yourself and you and you really let it get to you. You yeah. know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I'm wondering, uh, are there guys who just always like will comment on your photos like looking good gorgeous like the same guy will comment every yes. time with now, the I'm same verbatim with the same exact you know like 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 it's co copy and paste kind right. of thing like he doesn't even know a different like word of describing right yeah. and that's it and it just it fascinates me because on one hand maybe it's just a genuine he just likes to tell people they look nice but on the other hand i'm just cynical and i'm like what is his end game what are these people's <laughs> end games like do they think that you're gonna just eventually like comment like thank you let's get together 
Well, I think even a thank you will be a lot. Yeah. But it's probably the same guy probably comments on 25 other model right. photos, hoping that one will reply. Right. But I'm nice to my fans. I sure. actually, you know, I, I don't I don't like totally hey, you commented this yesterday. And I'm like, thank you so much. I'm just a humble person. And I appreciate the attention. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm not, yeah, it's just because I follow enough uh, like female comedians who, you know, are attractive. And I just, I look at the comments and I just see, you know, like looking good tonight, baby. Like these yeah. posts that I'm just <laughs> like, that's, I'm just like, what? What is the it game here? What are you trying to, you know, I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Well, that kind of comment, it's more like, hey, like, I am a fly on the wall. Like, I was almost in the room with you when you took that selfie, you know? So so, so he feels included because he's including himself in your life. Right. And, uh, I mean, if you reply, like, that's pretty much, you know. (laughs) Right. What he was going for. No, but I love my fans. Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. I love my fans. And yeah. I, you know, I'm where I am partially because of my social media. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate like every single one of them. But yes, there is always a couple. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what to make of it sometimes. You're yeah. right. I mean, I guess you'd rather hear that than you're not funny or anything else. But it just makes I'm just I don't know. I just it, I feel weird about it. I don't know. Maybe it's because no one's ever tweeted sending comments to me looking good today which is quite fine because you know so uh, yeah i'm really happy to have you here um so you you've gone from having a full career modeling to now i mean would you say that your main focus is stand up and comedy now yes also producing and writing and like you know making my own projects yeah that's what you got to do now right you got to make your own stuff and uh you know not wait for somebody else to make it for you you just got to do it i know i'm the same way um you also came here from Russia, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about that, uh, comedy and, and modeling and everything else. So um, to start, I always, I don't know why, but anytime I see like, whether it's like an ad in a magazine or any sort of glamorous photo where like a girl or, you know, a man or a woman sort of has this like look on their face and it's all supposed to be sexy and everything else. All I can do is imagine the ca- like if it's on the streets of New York, I just like to imagine there's just some man peeing right off camera. Exactly. You know, it's just chaos. Yeah, it was pretty much like the poor model had to get up at four in the morning, get into hair and makeup and they didn't feed her because models don't have a union. You know, when you get to like a film or TV mm. or like commercial set, like the first thing they do, they'll feed you with modeling world. You never know what you're going to get. Oh, so wow. this poor hungry model could have flown from red eye in on red eye from Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and they put her in the streets of New York next to the pissing man (laughs) and And she's probably very cold too because they usually shoot summer clothing in winter you Mm. know like in LA it's a big thing we shoot bikinis in the winter time you know (laughs) December in Malibu 43 degrees I never even would have thought about that yeah but it looks bright and sunny and you're just like oh my god oh dear god please don't don't let me die like that. Don't let me freeze on the beaches of Malibu. <laughs> so are there some stories that kind of embody like what it's really like to do these these shoots that come to mind? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the most glamorous one I can think of right now is um, I modeled in Milan before I came to America. Okay. And, you know, I was pretty successful. I've done a lot of TV commercials. I spoke a little bit Italian at the time, but kind of like not enough to be fluent, just mm-hmm. enough to like order coffee and find the bathroom and not be hungry. <laughs> um, I eat. In That's case good. If, yeah. In case if you didn't know. <laughs> so uh, first, like we flew to Malta from, okay. from Rome. I mm-hmm. think there was like, yeah. Um, the TV commercial for a big um, cell phone provider. Okay. And I think it's like maybe T-Mobile of Italy mm-hmm. or something like that. And uh, four or five of us, we were cast as principals to play mermaids. Oh, okay. So first I go on this casting and they ask me on camera, well, do you know how to swim? <laughs> I don't know how to swim. I mean, I do now, but back then I was like, um, yeah, of course. (laughs) I mean, I swim great in my bathtub. (laughs) Um, I love to shower. 
<laughs> I mean, water is great. Love water so much. <laughs> so, like, I don't know how to swim, first of all. Of course, I say yes. Then they book me, and uh, the agency tells me on the phone that, hey, they also asked if you know how to dive into the water with your head down. And I said, yes, because of course you do. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how much does it pay again? <laughs> so they, the pay for the commercial was equivalent to, like, $5,000. So okay. I was like, oh, yeah, of course I know how to dive with the head down. I mean, just great swimmer all around. So the night before I fly out, I call my photographer friend in Milan. He literally, he books a pool for me to learn how to dive okay. head down in the water. Okay. And we do it all night until like, until my eyes are bloodshot and I can't breathe. Oh, God. And well, you know, it's different to dive when you actually don't intend to swim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just dive and sink to the bottom. You know, just, you know I just got through the motions of, you know, this is what's going to happen. And if you want to do this job and it's already too late when the plane tickets are booked, you know, yeah. the agency will drop you if you just say, hey, like, I don't want this job. It's right. like, um, so the next day we get on the plane and of course, like I'm, I'm with all these models and they're like, you know, I just can't wait. It's like one of a lifetime. There's a job comes along where you actually get to dive from a ship. <laughs> You're diving <laughs> from like a yacht? Yeah, I'm like, fuck my life. <laughs> I like say everybody knows how to swim here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to Malta, and um, there is a girl. There's an American girl. There's a Brazilian girl, an Italian girl, me, and a girl from a country called Slovenia. Okay. And we're talking circa 1998. Okay. So that's like when USSR fell apart, mm -hmm. but we still didn't get a passport that said Russia. Oh. So I'm traveling under a USSR passport. Okay. I get to Malta and the officer is like, well, get out of the line. I'm not stupid. The USSR broke off in 1993. So like accusing me of having a false passport. And um, oh, God. I'm being pulled aside for investigation. Ugh. And the other girl from Slovenia also gets pulled aside. And he's like, there is no country, Slovenia. I lived in Mediterranean my whole life. There is a map of world on this wall. The map, like, from 1975. He's like, please show me Slovenia. I see USSR, but I don't see Slovenia. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after, like, two hours there into, like, I don't know, interrogations, I guess they were looking for bribes. Mm. But, like, we didn't know that. So mm -hmm. then production company people showed up and bribed us out. Oh, okay. okay. Um, we arrived to Malta. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful, beautiful. Like, surreal, absolutely surreal uh, sight. And in the morning, we showed up to the set. So all people in the production are Italian who... Not only they speak English, but they don't want to speak English. Why do they want to speak English when everybody speaks Italian? <laughs> right. So uh, we, we don't know what's going on. Mm. And it's not like, again, it's like there's no unions for models. That's Nobody crazy. tells you what you are. There's no call sheets. Like, you just show up and they do whatever the fuck they want with you. Wow. <laughs> Maybe you'll get paid if your agency decides to pay you like six months later. Ugh. After taking 50% from, yeah. Your, your job so again yeah so we show up i don't i don't even know if like i ate that morning or peed or <laughs> uh, number two like i have no recollection all i remember that they put me down on the table put a mermaid tail on me and i started snoozing a little bit and the next thing i know i am um what do you call it? Like I'm embodied in this mermaid mm -hmm. tail and there's people with blow dryers that completely sealed me. Oh, so God, you couldn't go to the bathroom if you wanted to. No. So they sealed me in a mermaid tail <laughs> <laughs> without telling me. While you were sleeping, you just woke yeah, up. Like, without asking me. No, I, I woke up because uh, so my outfit was just a mermaid tail. Mm tits and a lot of hair uh -huh. i woke up because somebody was gluing hair to my nipples <laughs> <laughs> luckily not with a hot gun yeah that's good <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was like below drying right around my belly button like oh they, they, they sealed me then they put a layer of like what do you call it like spirit gum yeah and mm. then there was like a painter was like a little brush you know just doing strokes yeah. i was like holy shit 
how am I supposed to pee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A reasonable question. Uh, well, no, nobody gives a fuck. Right. So it's like, uh, well, um, you know, I mean, I don't think this shoot's going to go longer than 12 hours. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> also, like in Malta, um, if you guys have a map, I mean, Google. Google where it is. It's really hot there in mm -hmm. the summer. So it's like 110 degrees we're talking about. And we are um, we're mermaids that are talking to Ulysses. Ulysses, come here. <laughs> so we're like stranded on this island. Oh, my God. And those mermaid tails. And I remember for sure that like at some point I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to piss myself. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I didn't have to go number two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think three girls didn't pee. Mm -hmm. And two of us peed. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was a smart choice on my end. Sure. Because um, <laughs> I mean, holding it in for so long, you might like your bladder might explode, right? Yeah, most definitely. And how I mean, you, you obviously can't walk around. No, right? no, you can't. They and just this, wheel you around on a cart or what? And, and the more you pee, the heavier oh, the tail gonna, gets. Oh, yeah. So the very last shot of the day is one of the mermaids flying off the ship into the water. <laughs> and they look at everybody, and they're like, well, who wants to be that mermaid? Who, who? And at that point, we realized there will be no swimming yeah. with this tail that'll take you straight down. Right. So um, they picked me. <laughs> OK. There were four other women. Who could but, swim. Yeah, who could swim, who were pretty, but something told them, you know, this girl would look amazing as a wet rat, you know? So were you, what was your like, reaction when they picked you? Uh, well, you, you, I, at, back then it was, you know, point of no return. Sure. At least I, d I knew I wasn't going to swim. So, right. And I didn't have to swim. So the procedure went like this. They brought me to this, you know, fake ship. And four people had to lift me because this tail was really heavy and really long. Do you want pictures? I'll send you pictures. Yeah, I have pictures from please. that that yeah. were like, yeah, taken on film and printed out. So um, then, like, I go down with the hand head down, and there's four divers who are there to push me out of the water mm -hmm. because, yeah, you just sink. Right. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Nobody could swim in there. I mean, luckily they were good at their job, so <laughs> yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. And I think we had to do like three or four takes. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So that was one of the very glamorous experiences. So that's, yeah. So again, it goes back to what we were talking about where you, you know, I'm sure you're supposed to look, you know, radiant and elegant or whatever it is. And you've got piss in your feet. And you know what I mean? There's all this, <laughs> there's all these things happening that you just have to like block out and just, I mean, you know, and then that way it really is kind of like acting. I would think, you know, like you have to just Pretend you're happy. <laughs> yeah, you're just happy and is. gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And nobody knows what's going on below your waist. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I mean, but okay, I was like 21 years old. Like, sure. this shit's not going to fly today. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> this shit <laughs> is yeah. not going to fly today. <laughs> now you'd be like, get this thing off me. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's not my job to figure out how I'm supposed to go to your bathroom. And you're sad. I'm in America. I have rights <laughs> as an actor, a model, and a woman with a vagina. <laughs> because I bet, you know, like, if it was like a mermaid outfit for a guy, that would make like a little hole so guys yes. could pee. Yes. But for girls, no, no such luck. Absolutely not. Wow. <laughs> um, what do you. What do you like? Uh, I mean, I guess it's just the photographer is the director, right? Like um, for for, for in modeling, Yeah, in modeling business, unless there's a creative director, okay. which is sometimes on a big job when there's like ad agency involved and such. I'm just curious, like, do they give any, what kind of direction do they give you? <laughs> <laughs> um, don't fall in the pool. Uh, don't get hit by a car. Don't look back. Uh, one time, this is a client I modeled for years, and I actually, I started having back problems, and I think that's why I got fired ultimately, because um, apart from photo shoot, they would do a 360 video for each outfit. Mm -hmm. So you're standing on a rotating platform, yeah. moving slowly in 360, but you're supposed to have eye contact with the camera the entire time. <laughs> so... 
<laughs> don't break the eye contact with the camera. <laughs> you know? Just like, yeah, ah. it's, it's, I mean, after you did like a hundred of those in sure. a day, yeah. like you get it. you're going to be seeing chiropractor for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still seeing chiropractor, you know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, mommy is not as glamour. I mean, now I get it. Like, it's like everyone's an Instagram model. You have your own selfie stick. You have your own mind. Right. But like back in the day, yeah. <laughs> it was not like that at all. No, I wouldn't think so. When was your... I don't know if you've like officially retired from it or whatever, but when did you decide to, to stop doing that and focus on, you know, things that you have more control over, like stand up or something like that? Um, was there like a last gig that kind of put you over the edge? <laughs> 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 like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, I still model. Okay. Because, you know, the money's still good. Definitely. Um, I don't get as many, you know, obviously modeling calls at the age of 41 <laughs> as I used to even like 10 years ago. But um, yeah, I started acting about maybe like 10, 15 years ago. Okay. It wasn't like I was trying to mm -hmm. be funny or trying to be cast as being funny. I was cast in a film, Rain the Night on One Miami, and uh, I, I was just excited to be a part of it. And I was just trying to do a good job. Right. Without necessarily, you know, having the acting chops or improv chops to back it up. Mm -hmm. But I, I, th I thought I did great. And you did. Uh, I saw the clip, <laughs> and it worked out nicely. Because are you are you are you speaking Russian in that? Yes, I'm yeah, speaking so it, Russian. It was kind of a perfect role because yeah. you know you, you you could do that comfortably and then have fun with it. You but know? at the same time, I was I was made you know to feel so warm and welcome oh, and equal yeah. and hilarious. And um, you know, I think it's just like. Working with great people mm -hmm. made me want to be a better actor. Yeah. And, you know, it's like all like my acting career kind of like went on from there. Okay. Um, so how old were you when you moved to America from Russia? I was 23. Okay. <laughs> I didn't move from Russia. Oh, I I'm moved sorry. from like Europe, Europe. Because oh, okay. I was modeling already and I lived, you know, in mm -hmm. Milan and Switzerland and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I came here in uh, January 1st of 2001. <laughs> I um, bought a ticket on New Year's Eve because it was the cheapest. Oh, yeah. I spent, yeah. Um, I spent New Year's Eve on a runway in Atlanta <laughs> waiting for the icing for about six hours. <laughs> Welcome to America. Yeah, at about three in the morning, I made it to LAX, where um, there was a rental car waiting for me at Budget Enterprises that I was lucky to rent with my student ID because mm -hmm. I didn't oh. know how to drive. At about 3.30 a.m., I showed up at this guy's house uh, to uh, occupy the room that I rented on Craigslist. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say you rented a car, but you didn't know how to drive? Yes. Okay, that's impressive that you pulled that off. <laughs> well, I wanted to move to America. Right. And uh, from coming here to... Actually, I didn't want to move. I just wanted to come out for three months to mm -hmm. see what it's like. Sure. And I had a dear friend, a makeup artist that I'm still friends with. And she kind of like whispered in my ear, like, look, you've done so much work with Playboy already before you even were published. Um, yeah. Did I leave out the part that I was in Playboy? Oh, I was going to get uh, to that. Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so in case if you're listening and you haven't Googled me yet, hey, um, Spoiler alert. But um, she was like, just come here. Like, look, there's so many clients who would love to work with you for mm -hmm. lingerie, for liquor. And uh, I was like, okay, you know what? You're right. I should come here. But then I'm like, I don't know how to drive. Right. And back in 2001, there was no Lyft. No Uber, Uber. Yeah. I mean, there was Craigslist. But <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that um, no. for transportation. Yeah, Craigslist car service, I would not suggest. <laughs> <laughs> so there was also like barely any money in my bank account. So I couldn't mm. rely on taxis. And I knew if I moved here, I would have to go on 10 castings a day. Right. For, you know, yeah. th that's the goal to book work. So how do you get around? Right. Um, you got to drive. Yeah. So did you, how did the driving go? Did you like manage to... Get, did you avoid accidents and stuff? I, I avoid some accidents. Avoided. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, though. <laughs> Not all of them. Um, I rented a car and I woke up really early on January 1st and there was like no cars here. Mm -hmm. So I like drove back and forth Santa Monica Boulevard because I lived off of Santa Monica Boulevard in Santa Monica. Yeah. And oh, I okay. took Santa Monica Boulevard 
till the end of Santa Monica That's Boulevard. That's a long drive. So, yeah, I just drove, like, back and forth a few times. And I was like, you know, it feels pretty good. <laughs> and uh, then the next morning, all of a sudden, it was a weekday and people went back to work. I'm like, oh, shit. Where's all those cars come from? <laughs> yeah, you're driving on New Year's like, I don't know what they're talking about. There's nobody out here. This is easy. <laughs> and they're all making me nervous. So then one day I had a meeting in Beverly Hills and I was wearing really cute pointy boots. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a stop sign when I was trying to park. So my toe got tangled up in the brake and I couldn't really find it at a stop sign. So I just ran the stop sign and I T-boned. You call it Mm T-boned, right? Like some very nice um, Hispanic people in a very nice pickup truck were wearing, wearing hats and had lots of equipment. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to communicate in English, which didn't work out too well. <laughs> I'm like, but you guys have insurance. <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, but I have insurance. <laughs> so we tried to exchange information for the best of our abilities. Right. However, like they were able to drive off after mm-hmm. the incident and like the pickup truck just got a little bent on the door. Yeah. But my car, my Ford Escort was completely undrivable. Sitting in the middle of a stop sign just south of Pico. Okay. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. First of all, like I have a lunch meeting, then I have a casting in the hills. I don't yeah. know how I'm going to get there. Then I started calling and when I say calling, I had a prepaid phone because I didn't have credit, right. no credit history. I, I had a credit card. <laughs> so I was able to have a prepaid phone. So I'm trying to have this conversation with a car rental company. Please, can you please tow this car? It's sitting in the middle of Beverly Hills. And I know cops going to show up and they're going to arrest me and they're going to put me to jail. And also, I don't have a driver's license. <laughs> And they're like, well, we can't come out to tow your car unless there's a police report. So I I, I call Beverly Hills police and I'm like, with a thick Russian accent. So it wasn't really fluent. It was more like, I, in accident, south of Pico, this is address. I need somebody come over and have police report. And they're like, honey, are you hurt? I'm like, no, I'm not hurt. (laughs) I just don't have a car. (laughs) So they're like, well, if you're not hurt and nobody died, like we're not going to come out. Like we we have crimes to solve. I was like, you're not going to come out? Well, can you tell that to budget car rental company? <laughs> so I don't know. After I almost like ran out of my limit on my phone, right. my prepaid minutes, they said, they called me back and they said they are going to send a tow truck. Okay, good. But at that point, I was already at my casting in the heels. Right. You had to leave the car? Yeah, yeah. I left the car there. <laughs> Took a cab or something. <laughs> yeah. But I connected with a tow truck driver who went up to the hills to pick me up. Yeah. So he picked me up. I had a hell of a day. And uh, we drove back to L. We picked up my car, drove to LAX. And the entire time I was crying. And he's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, because they're going to arrest me. And they're going to put me to jail because I'm a criminal. And he's like, but you have insurance, right? I'm like, yeah. Well, here's what's going to happen. He's like, they're going to give you a new car. I'm like, they are? <laughs> He's like, yes, this is America. What's going to happen? You're going to go back to this window, fill, fill out the report, and they're going to give you a new car. Because you prepaid for three months, you said. I'm like, yeah, but uh, why would they give me a new car if I crashed the first one? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a reasonable question. <laughs> and then I was but, so scared. I had him like actually come to the window with me. Yeah. And nobody gives a shit. Here's right. the, what color do you want? Right. Oh, red Ford Escort? So take the white one. <laughs> that's what, that's what, it took me a while to realize that with things like that, like the person you're talking to doesn't give a shit. They're getting paid, whatever, 20 bucks an hour. Like they're just, they don't care. This has no bearing on their life. <laughs> they're just like, take it. You know? They've like, probably seen worse things yes. happen to rental cars. Exactly. Yeah. So I got to ask, how did you manage to get insurance and rent a car without a driver's license? Because you, you show up with your credit card uh-huh. and you tell them you're, driver's license your, your russian student id is your mm-hmm. driver's license because oh, it wow. does did have my name and like uh whatever yeah they were just like but, sure yeah <laughs> uh, because people come here with driver's yeah, licenses from true. all around the that's world true. nobody's required to carry international one that's true and also it won't occur to most american people that some people in the world don't have a driver's license <laughs> maybe they don't want a driver's license <laughs> I had no incentive of learning how to drive 
no desire whatsoever. Like I'm challenged. I'm scared of, you know, moving objects, roller coasters. I don't ride a bicycle. I don't swim. I was a sick kid. Like driving for me, mm-hmm. it's like going to space for most people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because like every day, you know, I'm. What, you're like, did you have a good morning today? You're like, I'm like, yeah, just, you know, little 20 minute drive. Can do it to you in Los Angeles. Can take you through. Yeah, yeah, no, I think ringer. every every person who drives out here, because uh, I'm from Ohio, and so, um, you know, where you can drive a mile a minute, and you just get around easily, and mm-hmm. there's always parking, and it's just pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it kills me inside to drive in the city. So, when you first moved here, did you, I mean, you mentioned you had, like, a friend who told you to come. Did you have much of a support system? Were you kind of on your own? Um, I didn't know anybody I didn't have any friends. I knew my friend, you know, who was a makeup artist, but it wasn't like that close of a friend where like, hey, come live with me. No. Right. So, yeah, I rented a place. I had a contract with Playboy, so I knew I would be getting some work mm-hmm. sometimes. But yeah. also, you know, like nothing was promised to me. Sure. And I had to go out and get an agent. I signed up with Elite Models. Mm-hmm. I um, had a commercial agent. And then sometimes, you know, um, my friends would be like, you know, there's this part came out for a Russian girl on CSI. It's one line, but you should totally go and audition. So I come to my commercial agent. I like I have no clue about acting or anything. Right. And I'm like, can I can I I want to go out for CSI. There is this one line for a Russian girl. He's like. You're never going to act in this town. Your accent is so thick. <laughs> but I'm like, but it's for a Russian girl. Yeah, it's for a Russian girl. <laughs> you think I'd be qualified for that. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, it was hard to find just like people who right. actually, you know, believed in you because, you know, ultimately I ended up acting right. and I ended up learning English and writing in English and even doing stand up comedy. So, wow. um, uh, uh, you know, Craigslist is always a gamble. You said when you first moved here, you moved into a room like through Craigslist, right? Yes. How did that, did it work out okay? Um, it was fine. Uh, luckily the guy I lived with, it was a house in Santa Monica Yeah. and I chose a place in Santa Monica because Playboy Studios were in Santa Monica mm-hmm. at the time and it's literally like the only district the only city i knew of right. yeah <laughs> it sounded remotely familiar mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i feel like i'll be safe there he was fine he wasn't a serial killer or Good. anything he had a dog yeah okay. um then i didn't tell him like i was in playboy but after shortly after i moved in two bags of fan mail showed up oh like two bags when we're talking bags, we're talking like a trash bag, like 80 gallons, 80. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm a big, that's big. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting there on the couch at night <laughs> with my centerfolds trying to sign them and mail them out to people. And he was, comes in with a group of friends. He's like, holy shit. Wow. That's what's going on here. <laughs> then um, as um, he learned more a little bit about my life, you know, more friends started coming over. <laughs> Come. She's in Playboy. (laughs) She's yeah. She is very naked. Not not like that, but you know, like it's single guy. Right. uh, It it was great. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this experience, just because you know, like I have a place to stay. I wasn't alone. How long had you been modeling before the uh, before Playboy came calling? A few years. um, Yeah. Two or three years. And how did that all happen? (laughs) <laughs> I came to Los Angeles for a photo shoot mm-hmm. for actually another magazine called Perfect Ten. Uh-huh. And um, one of the photographers took me to Playboy Studios. Mm-hmm. And the deal was like, don't tell Perfect Ten we're going to Playboy. And don't tell Playboy we sh- just shot for Perfect Ten. <laughs> right. So, I'm like, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> double whammy. And um, came to Playboy Studios West, um, took some Polaroids. And then, so I called them two or three days later. And I said, tomorrow's my last day here. I just wanted to see... And it didn't even sound like that. It was probably, do you like me or not? I need to know before I take that plane <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> They're like,
like, so um, you're leaving on Friday. Like, can you stay for another week? Mm. I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you guys paying? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so they made me come back and actually sign the contract for a playmate test. I was transferred to the Playboy Mansion mm -hmm. and I shot my centerfold that trip. Okay. I didn't get paid because they couldn't pay me until they get my working papers. Mm. So they shot me on spec without even like knowing will I ever get my working papers. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> now, now in retrospect, I was like, wow, that was like really ballsy because they would spend a lot of money on production. Right. It's yeah. just like, here's this chick showed up. Well, we cleared up our schedule. Uh, we kept her here. We shot her, but maybe we'll be able to publish her eventually if. Right. She gets her visa because, yeah. you know, like legal, I mean, legal immigration, legal immigration. <laughs> like there's no way to come to America to work unless you're sponsored by someone. And right. that takes years sometimes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So had you done like nude shoots before Perfect Ten and Playboy? No. So what was I mean, were, were you hesitant at all? Were you like, let's go for it? Like, just to be that, you know, to reveal yourself like that, is it a challenge? Like, what was your thought process? To be honest, like, being a model in Europe, there's very fine line between, like, nude modeling and modeling. Because mm -hmm. let's say I didn't model for, like, any like, what do you call them? Adult, like, magazines. But at the same time, you know, like, yeah, you, you would be wearing revealing clothing on the runway. Yes, I modeled see-through lingerie before, you right. know? So, and in Europe, really, like, you can be nude on the cover of a magazine. Nobody makes a big deal of it. Right. Yeah, we're much more prude over here. And about that uh, I did not know that when I modeled for Perfect Ten and Playboy, like, and nor did I, you know... No, nor did I think I would be ever living in this country. Mm -hmm. So it was more like, hey, um, they pay me, they pay me, this is great. This is the most money ever made in a modeling career. A nipple? What's a nipple? <laughs> sure. <I> yeah. mean, <laughs> now looking back at thousands of photos of myself online, you know, it's just times have changed. Mm -hmm. And probably 2001 was a year when internet like really started blowing up. Right. Uh, when even like Playboy was shooting like Playmate preview photos before your centerfold comes out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of like unveiled like my contract included totally different types of content that weren't really there before. Like mm. you'd have to do a couple online shoots, you know, and, yeah. and, and like chat to your fans in the chat room. And <laughs> like, yeah, it was different than before in the 70s. It could be in the magazine. It would be in the basement. Nobody would know. You pick a fake name. <laughs> I did it as, as a real person yeah. under my real name because, you know, also like it had to match my working papers. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you know? They couldn't just uh, publish like Jane Doe right. after it took like two years to get my work visa together. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I did not anticipate that everything I shoot for Playboy would be online, mm -hmm. shared and reshared by multiple sites. Like, I'm practically a clickbait. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. If, if I would, like, get paid per click, every time somebody, like, searching me or clicking on my picture, I'd probably be a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably own an island. <laughs> I'd probably own a TV network. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, so, do you remember, like, was when you first realized, like, oh, this isn't just in somebody's basement. This is everywhere. Yes, I remember that first moment. And was it scary? Was it, like, it what was, was your... I lived in Switzerland, and I was planning my trip here. Yeah. I knew I was going to shoot a cover mm -hmm. for, that, for, for them, like, um, and I knew I was going to get my social security number that trip. And uh, all this picture started popping up. And I don't remember how it even like came to my knowledge. And I started crying. I called Playboy and I said, there's nude photos of me that leaked online. And is there a possibility that that it and it was like that were the times of film photography. Right. So there was no like digital photography mm -hmm. yet. I'm like, is there a possibility that like somebody leaked them, stole them? I don't know. Maybe assistant photographer leaked them. I, I it, the realization I didn't realize that actually Playboy released a preview 
Mm -hmm. or that was a part of Playmate portfolio because mm -hmm. they shoot. We, we shot for two weeks. Oh, wow. You yeah. know, there was thousands and thousands of pictures and like only five end up in magazines. So they have all this content and they're trying to build their online presence. Yeah. And uh, then I was told that this is what this is a part of my contract. And this is how it's going to be. <laughs> and, you know, first week, like those photos were like on playboy.com. Then they were like everywhere. And I think I came across them. I didn't know they originated from playboy.com. I also right. didn't know that somebody could take your pictures and post them on third party sites yeah. without your permission or playboy's permission. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was like still so new. So, um, now it's just like, you know, that whatever you put out <laughs> anywhere will end up everywhere. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So how long did it take to kind of come to peace with that or to just like, like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. It's everywhere. And um, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, I, you know, it's not every day I talk to somebody who's, who's been in Playboy. So I'm just curious, like with the shoot, because I mean, those are full frontal, right? Yep. So is that are you? feigning confidence like you're just pretending that this isn't weird or awkward or anything or is it not like because you've done so much modeling at that point just the idea of being photographed naked to me sounds terrifying um <laughs> so you know i was i kind of always knew that i looked good naked right so it wasn't terrifying or mm -hmm. uncomfortable sure i was just making art right yeah uh, some people may laugh at me. You're like, Arr. no, but you know, Playboy is like an iconic magazine. Right. It's not like I'm modeling for a third party, whatever <laughs> website. Right. It's not boobs.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the classic boobs.com. Yes. It's, I was, the, the crew was amazing. Yeah. Everybody was so nice. I'm still friends with Arnie Freitag, who is like, you know, the legendary Playboy photographer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's actually the first time, the amount of time they would spend on hair and makeup every morning, it was just mind-blowing yeah. to me. Yeah. And it's first time, like, nobody ever did this, you know, this glamour, Pamela Anderson cat eye and lips and big dewy hair. <laughs> actually, when you look at my Playboy centerfold, not centerfold, but like the rest of the photos, I probably look older there <laughs> than I am right now. <laughs> Just because I was giving this massive amount of hair. Right. But again, it's like, I didn't know better. Right. Like now I have a say, like, I want to look a certain way. But, but, but back then it was like, you know, this is how Americans do things. Right. And I'm an American now, so I have to have big curly hair. Sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, I was like, this, they know what they're doing, clearly, right. um, if they're running a successful magazine. So it was like a little comical. But I felt very pretty for the first time. Yeah. I, I was like, with modeling, it's just like kind of like whatever, like you're advertising the product, you're advertising some like, I don't know, ugly clothes mm -hmm. sometimes. But there it's just you. Right. You know? Yeah. You are not the product, but you are the person of interest. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was, it was, it was pretty surreal. I bet. It was yeah. pretty surreal because it's like it's the first time in my modeling career. It's about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not holding some dumb product or wearing a mermaid yeah. suit. You know, it's yeah. just like it's about me and my birthday suit. OK, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually very empowering. I, I, I was going to say, yeah, liberating was popping up in my head. You know, I, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, you hear conversations about, oh, Playboy exploiting women. No, I think it's quite the opposite. You mm -hmm. know, it's about celebrating women. Yeah. It's about women, you know, being proud of who they are. Yeah. And I mean, if you have my boobs, would you keep them to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, um, did, was it something, did you, could you notice visibly, like, when people found out, like, if you were talking to somebody and then they found out that you were doing Playboy, would they, would how they look at you or talk to you change dramatically? Or maybe particularly with like men or anything like that. I think so. I found it really hard in dating. Actually, I have a joke about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> One of the jokes is, you know, some man, some man, they wouldn't even date you because you were in Playboy. Like they want to take you home to their mother. And other men, they would only date you because you're in Playboy. But curiously so, all <laughs> men would still want to fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, talk, talk about that. Because I imagine... You know, yeah, when, when people hear that, they're just like, oh, well, she's DTF or she's whatever. Just because she was just because you did, mm -hmm. like you said, art, people look at you probably in a way that's not, you know, I don't know. What was um, that like? It's, it's, 
it's definitely different because like you don't know if somebody wants to date you as a trophy and just like go and run around and brag to their friends that they met a playmate and they're dating a playmate. Right. Or some people are like, uh, like the other way, I will never tell anyone. Like, let's just use a different name for you kind of thing. Like, yeah. like can't take you anywhere, you know, <laughs> thanks to Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I was never a part of online dating. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it was like before my time. Right. I'm happily married now, but I oh, can't great. even imagine like being on online services. Like people would Google you, right. you use your real name, and then I don't know, and then shit will hit the fan. Right. <laughs> there will be a lot of weirdness. It's just weird. It doesn't mean anything to me, mm -hmm. but. If I don't bring it up, I'm a liar. If right. they have to find out, you know, themselves, oh, you didn't tell me. And then, like, if you do bring it up, people think, like, oh, like, you're just bragging and that's what's important to you. And, right. and I'm like, really not. Like, even, you know, in my stand-up, most of the times I don't talk about Playboy. I only use it for, like, my, you know, long whatever. So, right, definitely. Um, that's, I, I, I'm grateful for the experience, but... I feel I can do so much better. Right. That doesn't define you. Exactly. You know? There's yeah. more potential to who I am. Well, and speaking of that, so how do you transition from modeling to stand-up? You know, like, where did you get the bug for stand-up? And I assume it's just a totally, you know, are you like, were you naturally an outgoing person or? Oh, um, oh. When I came here, I was a complete introvert. In Russia now, there are outgoing people. When I was growing up, it's more like, can you just be like everybody else? Mm -hmm. Like, don't voice your opinion. You don't have an opinion. Having an opinion is not a good thing. Never talk back. Don't talk to people unless you're asked. So I was really shy. So that was a real, that's a real thing. Yeah. That, that was the thing. way everybody sort of acted yeah. in Russia. Like, I don't know. Even like upbringing, like here in America, it's like they talk to their kids you can be anything you want right you know life is a canvas like just you're gonna paint it like any no in russia it's like do you have to be like anyone else and you just step out of line you're gonna get you know smacked so mm -hmm. i was really shy i wasn't really it's really funny even talk to people who knew me back like in 2001 when i came here they're like oh, you were nice but you weren't really talking much yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was like i i wouldn't know what the small talk was mm -hmm. and how to talk to people and you know i'm just showing up to do my job and i didn't feel like doing anything more than that or networking or being outgoing is sure. actually an essential part of a profession and being an entertainment business. Yeah. Like, but it just didn't occur to me and I wasn't comfortable mm -hmm. with that. Like there were times I would come here to shoot for Playboy and I would just sit in my uh, guest room for days to the point where like I would be just scared to come out and talk to people. Like, I don't know, like I just, I wasn't comfortable and mm -hmm. I didn't have friends and uh, security would have to call in and knock on my door to see if I was still alive. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> like, we know you're staying here, but we haven't seen you for like days. <laughs> like, what do you eat? Yeah, right. Because, <laughs> you know, in, eat to, in order to eat, you have to come out to the kitchen. And, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And socialize. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> social. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for that. <laughs> so how did you go from that to then having the, the gumption to do stand up? So after, you know, acting and doing some funny parts in film and television, I wanted to start doing my YouTube channel. And I actually, I was pretty comfortable with the language and I started liking people a little bit more, mm -hmm. <laughs> probably because <laughs> I was more comfortable with the language. Right. I'm sure um, that was a big part of it, yeah, you know, like yeah. being insecure already. Also, I uh, was a St. Pauli girl in 2008. Oh, okay. I was selected to represent the iconic St. Pauli girl beer. And yeah. I did a tour around the United States where I had to go to, you know, television stations and radio stations and, and be social. I think it really shifted a lot of things for me to where, like, I can be I can talk and be comfortable talking. Right. And I can actually be funny. Yeah. And um, that just made me like. Hey, I have to go for it. Like, I want to be a host. Mm -hmm. So I started a YouTube channel and I was writing like little vlogs and little things. And it was cute. Yeah. But deep inside, I knew it wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't punchy. Right. Like, I'm just trying to be cute and funny, but it's not working out. So I thought I would take a stand up class just to figure out how to write. Yeah. And how just to have like basic punchlines in my monologues. 
And uh, I never thought of it as a career. Mm. Also, I had a severe stage fright. Just because I could talk to people on TV and radio didn't mean that like I was like shaking inside and peeing a little bit. You know, <laughs> 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 I still had stage fright. Occasionally, yeah. I would like I could work on an audition for a week, and then I would get in the room and I'm like shaking like a leaf. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to confront my fears. Yeah, and um, being on stage was that right where you know you have to write your material it has to be good and then you have to go and perform it so (laughs) and not to pee yourself (laughs) yes yes no peeing (laughs) so for the first two years i think of doing stand-up it was just more about of just getting up right and uh it was always such a rush it's just I don't even know how I did. I don't even care how I did. It was more about, look, I went up there and I did my five minutes. Hell yeah. And I brought 25 people. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, kidding, which yeah. is another like right. thing. Yeah, the bringers. Stand up and yeah. Now I feel like I definitely have paid my dues. Yeah. And um, I appreciate when, you know, people come see me because I'm funny. Right. Well, that's the thing with stand up. It's the great equalizer, right? So it doesn't matter what you've done before. If you're not funny... Yeah. You know, it, you're only going to go so far. So the fact that you, you know, so how long have you been doing it now? Four and a half years. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, and you're and you're booking shows, you're doing all sorts of stuff. I'm on Amazon's Laugh After Dark season two. Hell yeah! Don't miss that. Is that out now? <laughs> it's out. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll put a link in the description so people please, can watch please. it. Please, please. That's really exciting. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. So, uh, so yeah, what do you have going on now? What is your, what are your aspirations? You know, are you focusing on you're doing the stand up? Are you still doing acting and all that stuff? Yes. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm doing acting, but also I just finished co-writing my very first feature film script. Congratulations. And I'm looking to make it. Thank yeah. you very much. I'm producing a documentary, which I don't want to talk too much about it, but sure. it's about, you know, women in comedy and, mm. um, Hopefully this will get made and gets funding. If somebody wants has a lot of money, wants to throw them my way for either of my projects, <laughs> I will greatly appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, that's fantastic. I perform all over town. Like if you look me up on social media, like I always every week there's a show, and um, hopefully you know I'll get to book bigger, better shows mm-hmm. and festivals. And that's that, and write bigger, better stuff. Where can people find you on social media? It's at Irina Voronina on Twitter and Instagram. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, last question. I'm just curious. Um, growing up in Russia, um, wh- are there any similarities or differences between just life there as opposed to life in the U.S.? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must have just been a total shock because, as you Sorry. said, everything's so just fall in line. Yeah. You know? actually like literally like asking me about my stand up act. But <laughs> I'm like spoiler alert. Um, you know, we were we didn't have much growing up, mm-hmm. and it's changed now because right. now everything in Russia is available, and um, you can buy anything if you have money. You can travel the world if you have a rich husband, whatever. Like with us, like I never, I grew up not, I didn't know I would ever leave the country. Mm-hmm. It was never like a goal, like I want to leave the country and go elsewhere. I just didn't even know there were possibilities. I never had goals in life. I didn't know what goals were. I was like, I'm just like going to go to school like everyone. Then I'm going to go to some college. Fuck, then USSR fell apart. My mom couldn't pay for my college anymore. Like, what am I going to do now? So, um, I don't know. It's just different. You, maybe now people have kind of like, Dreams, right? Aspirations, but my generation didn't have dreams. Right. We just wanted to not be hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kind of like I, I don't know. When I was nineteen, I went to my second year of college. Oh no, I was eighteen. Second year of college, my mom gave me money for shoes, mm-hmm. so I could buy myself a pair of summer shoes. Like I would have a pair of winter shoes and a pair of summer shoes. Like mm-hmm. there was like no in between. Right. And I went to the market. And I bought like shoes on this huge platform with like 10 inch heel. And I come home and I'm like, mom, I got these shoes. I love them so much. My mom's like started crying because she's like, how are you going to go walk to the train in those shoes, take a train for an hour, then take a bus and then spend like, like, she's like, I don't have another, I don't have money. 
Right. For you to buy another pair of shoes. The ones you bought were not practical, which was Absolutely all about not. was all about practicality. But, you know, but that got me to the runway. Oh, of course, yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, and I could audition for modeling jobs and beauty contests. And the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. Um, last last question: What were your feel? I mean, being old enough to kind of appreciate when the USSR did fall. I mean, how did that? What were you? How did that make you feel? Or like, what was the, the, were people happy? Were they happy that it was done? Or were they terrified? What was the mood? You know, it was kind of like my generation, like in my brother's eight years older. So he's like 15 now. Like our gen, it probably starts at my generation mm -hmm. where we were like old enough to understand what right. was going on. Like our childhood, we grew up worshiping the party, right. the communist party. Like we would have a political hour, not hour, like every morning would start with like five minutes about politics and ideology, politinformation, politinformatsy. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. we would wear, we would like, when you start school, you become an Aktibrionok, you know, you'd become like Lenin's grandfather, like you were the part of the party, yeah. but at the lower level, right. then you grow up, you become a pioneer, you have this red, like, thing the red scarf around your neck and you know those are all very meaningful moments you know mm -hmm. like you're brought up to believe that you are a part of something much greater than you yeah and uh then you turn 13 and everybody says fuck this shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so pretty much like everything you believed in and everything you learned and you feel like you're like it's not fair yeah like it's kind of really hard to deal with so i feel like my generation has no ideals mm -hmm. because we didn't have the freedom we couldn't embrace the freedom because mm -hmm. it's like if if a puppy lives in a shelter like for 12 years and somebody adopts it like it still doesn't believe that it's out of the shelter right. you know what yeah. I mean? like it's hard to just like oh my god now we have freedom we can do whatever but we don't know how right because we were never given the tools. Like my brother, he's older, but he's also, it's its a lost generation. A lot of his friends, you know, they committed suicides, they're alcoholics. And it's only because like he was out of college mm -hmm. when USSR fell apart. So he basically like studied something, he had a job. And then all of a sudden, like he was studied to be an underwater construction engineer. There was no more underwater construction because government has no money. So right. whatever you studied for the last four years, like you can be a fisherman, but that's about <laughs> yeah. it. So, you know, and it's like so many people that just got like crushed by the system. Mm -hmm. And it's it, it was tough. It was tough for many people because there was no direction. Right. Yeah. Everything that you've been working towards and everything that you knew as what the world was or you know it's gone yeah yeah anyway. and you don't know where you're going right and you don't know what the future is gonna right. be because every day there's something different right. like you start believing and oh my god there's this great man yeltsin and he feels like we should trust him and you know he's gonna be like the first whatever president of russia and then like yeltsin gets cooed yeah <laughs> like literally and right. there's all this shit coming out about him and the next person comes on i actually i think i voted for Putin mm -hmm. when he be first became president and I was allowed to vote and I was yeah. so proud. Yeah. And now it's like not even a presidency, no. you know, it's yeah. a dictatorship at its finest. Masked like, as like democracy. Like he's never yeah. going to leave no. the throne. Right. You know. Yeah. And I, I, until he's living and breathing, he's not going to give right. up that spot. So and uh, Russia is very corrupted. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm very lucky that I'm not there. Mm hmm. In a lot of ways, I despise Russia. Yeah, I don't like talking about it. So it you sure. know, it's no, still, I understand. It's, it's yeah. still like really sad, and I think it's a part because like we feel like we're this generation who get cheated on. Mm -hmm. Like we, everything we knew turned out to be a lie. Yeah, and uh, nothing. There was no substitution for what was lost. Right. Well, that's really fascinating. I just can't imagine uh, the country. Uh, you know, if the U.S. just changed dramatically. You know, like, what do you do? You look around like, what the? So anyway, yeah. I, I can well, get it. Let's say, um, like, I don't know, like if somebody said th there were a couple instances where like people had some kind of savings, right? Yeah. And uh, the next day, the government decides to take two zeros off mm. of, you know, because inflation was so high. Right. They made like 
denomination without announcing that it's going to happen. Wow. Like, wow. that happened, when, and I lived through it. And, yeah. you know, I saw my mom panic, and my mom would always be like, I don't know how we're going to live and how we're going to buy food. And uh, there were times where, I mean, you really want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like I was 16, I was smoking cigarettes with my mom. And my mom was like, this is our last money. Do we buy bread or do we buy cigarettes? And I would be like, fuck bread. <laughs> <laughs> Light them up. Yeah. <laughs> if we go out, we're going to go out with the style. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, that's a very interesting story. And, and I'm glad that, you know, you've, you you were able to overcome and you're living, living, living the, your what, what do they say? Living your best life here in LA. Living a fucking dream. You guys. Yeah. Dreams are real. I didn't even dream those dreams. Sure. It's just, yeah. Came yeah. <laughs> out every morning I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, how lucky I am. I am the luckiest person alive. That's a good feel. It's good to know that, you know, to feel that way because mm -hmm. that brings humbleness and everything else. So, uh, well, anyway, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, anything else? Thanks for having me. Guys, vote. I know we're in California, <laughs> but for those of you outside of California, go vote. Do it. Dreams are real. Yeah. It's the only country where dreams come true, even if you don't have them. Mm -hmm. Vote for other people who do. Amen. Thanks. That was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know that I did. Thanks so much to Irina for coming over and, uh, and talking with me. If you enjoyed it, five stars on Apple Podcasts means the world. Be sure to watch Irina's episode of Laugh After Dark on Amazon Prime. I'll put a link to that in the description. Um, I'm really excited to see where her comedy career takes her. Uh, I think it's going to go great places. So that's all I've got for this week. So until next Wednesday, keep laughing. Keep laughing.